0: Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley.
1: The scripture reading for today comes from Acts chapter 26, verses 14 through 18. We'll be reading from the New King James Translation. And the word of God says, And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me.
0: My mother spent three days in the hospital this past week. I appreciate prayers that have been prayed in her behalf, the dementia has worked pretty hard on her and um, we've come to the place now where she recognizes me but she doesn't know why and she's long lost my name so she can't uh, recall that anymore but she knows that she knows me and so uh, when I come in the room she lights up and we talk in a kind of a limited way. And during those three days, this past week, we had quite a number of conversations, wonderful little, little conversations. And then we would repeat them and go through them again. But among the things that she said over and again, uh, oh, by the way, she can sing still, which is just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But if you, if you start on a hill far away. If you start that, she's going to go with you. And she'll, now she won't, she'll, she'll get probably 70, 75% of the words uh, through that whole song. Amazing grace. She'll just follow. She'll go. She will go. You don't have to say, you want to sing, mama? She's ready, always ready to sing. But but I want to tell you this. She, uh, over and again, through the, the time of those three days, she would, she would, hold up a finger to gesture before she spoke, and she would say, the most important thing is going to heaven. If you had dementia at that level, could you remember the most important thing? I I don't know. And I'm not criticizing anybody with dementia, but it's a real treasure to me, of course, that she remembers that. Listen, I pity people who don't have a hope of heaven. And of course, in their minds, all the people who don't have a hope of heaven, I guess I suppose they have something. They've, they've sorted this through because it's inevitable that we're going to leave this world. It's a point of a man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. You're going to, you know, we've got an appointment to keep, and we're going to leave this world. We, we've got a, you know, we've got a, an expiration date stamped on us. We're, we're not going to stay here forever. What then? So what then? And I, I, I guess in the minds of many people, especially younger There's just not much up there in reference to this subject. It's just so easy to ignore it. I'll worry about it later. That's a foolish thing to do. I've always wondered if it wasn't better, and you're going to laugh at this because you know that it's not possible, but were it possible, wouldn't it be better to measure the length of life? Not the way that we do it. The way that we do it is we say, how old are you? And we say the name, the number I mean. Here's the number. I I think that's all just not right. Why don't we measure it by how much time we have left? Would that be more accurate? Because it could be that somebody who's been living a long time would then still be, in a sense, younger than a person who was younger but who was soon to die. We need the hope of heaven. And what I love about the Scripture is that it not only gives me that hope, but it talks in plain language. But I, I don't just need a hope of heaven. What I need is, I need to be told things that I can grasp. I, I, need, I need to know that I know that I know that if I leave this world tonight, I'm going to go to heaven. And that's really hard for us. It is. I mean, you, you've you never been there. You you don't, you don't know except from the scripture. You don't know about heaven. And you've never passed from this life to the next. You don't know because you've never done it. But you're going to. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs. What's an heir? You know, it's it's a person who's in line for an inheritance. If children, then heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we'll also be glorified together. Together, we are heirs. I want to talk tonight in the next few minutes about the word inheritance. Through Scripture, and I got a dozen or so verses that I want to just just walk through in the next few minutes on this subject. I love this because I understand inheritance. I, I I got this figured out. I think. I mean, you if you're part of a family, and if there's some property of some sort in that family, and when the older pass pass away, then. The money is typically, or the property, or this dresser, or that chest of drawers, whatever it happens to be, is handed down. And we call that inheritance. Probate court is, is necessary because, listen, people get all crazy about a will. You know the old saying, where there's a will, there's a fighting family. And, and people get kind of nutty about that. Probate court is, probate is Latin for probatum, and it means to test or to try. And the idea is that you would take the will and you would put it to the test. Is it, is it genuine? Did this really come from the deceased? And then, and then is it contested? And so is it that Brother Fred has a, has a claim that he owns the farm, and Brother Tom says, no, I've got a piece of paper written by my daddy that says the farm was to come to me, and is it contested? And the probate court's going to try that, and they're going to make a decision, and their decision's going to be binding. What about the bills? or the bills, the outstanding bills of the deceased are those paid? So that's what probate court does. And then what really is they decide is the right thing will be the inheritance and will be distributed appropriately. If you lived in the among the people of Israel when they went into the land of Canaan, inheritance would have been very important to you. So they go into Canaan, cross the Red Sea, and they begin to carry out God's judgment against the Canaanitish people and to remove them from the land of Canaan. And then they take the land. That's God, God telling them to do that. You take this land as your inheritance. And then how do you do that? And the answer is you divide it up. So each tribe gets a, a parcel of that land, and then that tribe would divide it up for, for their people, their families. And sometimes there was, you know, problems. And, and one of my favorite ones is Numbers chapter 27, beginning in verse 1. The daughters of Zelophehad, and they stood before Moses, before Eliezer the priest, and before the leaders and this, all the congregation. The daughters of Zelophehad... By the doorway of the tabernacle of meeting, saying this, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not in the company of those who gathered together against the Lord in company with Korah. He died in his own sin, and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father be removed from among his family because he had no son? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses brought their case before the Lord. Do you understand? It's, the, it's about the inheritance. The inheritance would go to sons. This family has no sons, just daughters. And so they, they raised this issue. Listen to this. The Lord is going to decide this case. Isn't that something? The judge of all the earth is going to decide this case about inheritance. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance among their father's brothers and cause the inheritance of their father to pass to them. You shall speak to the children of Israel saying, If a man dies and has no son, then you shall cause his inheritance to pass to his daughter. If he has no daughter, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, and it just goes on and on. Here's how the inheritance is to be meted out. If you are a Christian... This terminology is used in reference to you. I'm really looking forward to my inheritance. I'm a Christian. I'm in Christ. I've got one coming, not because I earned it, but because I'm in the family. I'm an heir. And my inheritance is going to last forever. My inheritance is going to last forever. In the next few minutes, I want to raise seven realities the Bible teaches about your inheritance, and I'm going to, I'm going to put the, the uh, scriptures up on the screen for you. The first one is that your inheritance is in heaven, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his abundant mercy, he has begotten us again to a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. In all of these passages, I've, I've bolded the word inheritance just to draw your eyes to it. To an inheritance, incorruptible. Man, if I, if I have an inheritance coming to me, there are some questions I'd like to ask. Well, let me tell you about this one. It is incorruptible. That means it's not subject to decay. It's always going to be good. I, I recently have inherited some photographs and some letters. The problem with that is that those letters are no longer sometimes legible because the paper is so old and it just crumbles in your hand. I want to know, is it subject to decay or is it in good condition? Heaven is incorruptible. It's undefiled. There's nothing there to mar its luster, nothing to mess it up. And then it, it fades not away. So it's always going to remain new. There's your inheritance. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34 Here's the judgment day. The judgment day is going to be a time for Christians to hear some reference to their inheritance. You're going to hear this on that occasion. Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It's going to be about your inheritance. It's about your inheritance, which is going to be heaven. And here's number two. When you think about the cross of our Lord, understand that the cross was about that inheritance. It was about the inheritance, and it's a promise. Hebrews nine fifteen, And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that is, the righteous who lived under the Old Testament, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. A promise of eternal inheritance. It's tied to the cross. So, one of those times when my mother held up that finger and said that again, I said, that's right, mother, that's right. And First John 2 and verse 25 says this, this is the promise which he promised us, even eternal life. Titus chapter 1 and verse 2 says that you have a God who cannot lie. And he promised you an inheritance in heaven. Titus 3 and verse 7, And having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The cross is about your inheritance. Here's number three. God will prepare you to inherit heaven. He's going to have to get you ready for this inheritance. Now, here's Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. I've put it up on the board in the New King James. I prefer the, the Old King James better, and it says this, giving thanks to the Father who has made us meet, M-E-E-T, meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. There's your description of heaven. The inheritance of the saints in light, and he made us meet. Now, now you remember meet back in... Genesis chapter 2, and Eve was given to Adam as a help, meat for him. And the word meat means perfectly suited for. Well, Colossians chapter 1 here says in verse 12 that, that he has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, which is heaven. He's got to prepare you for heaven. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 53, this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. Your body has to be changed in order to to be suitable for heaven. It's got to have immortality instead of the way you are now. But in addition to that, you've got to be washed. That The forgiveness has to take place and this says that that's what he gave us. He redeemed us. He forgave us. God will prepare you to inherit heaven. Without that preparation, you wouldn't fit in there. And here's number four. The way you learn how to be God's child and have this inheritance is through Scripture. Acts 20 and verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. Now listen, and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. I'm really glad that you're a person who comes on Sunday nights. I am. You come on Wednesday nights. Now, we're about to have a gospel meeting with Hiram Kemp. Hiram is a close friend of mine. He's a dear, good man. And, and when you hear him, if you haven't heard him, you're going to know that he's full of the Word of God, but he is a, such a, an excellent communicator, and you're going to love him too. I want you to be sure that you come to all those services. Now, I want you to come because you're going to enjoy this preaching, but I want you to come too because your inheritance is connected to your understanding and growth in the Word of God. We need to take advantage of all of these opportunities and one of these is coming up. The way you learn how to be God's child and have this inheritance, Acts 20, verse 32 says, because of Scripture. Here's number five. This reality of inheritance motivates you to want to do right. When you grasp it, and I think the word inheritance is so good to give me this assurance that I'm going to go to heaven. When you grasp it, it motivates you want to want to live for him. So here's Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. When you go to work tomorrow, whatever you do, he says, do it heartily as unto the Lord, because you've got an inheritance coming to you. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, that returning evil, I'm sorry, not returning evil for evil or railing for railing, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit the blessing. here's one more, and this kind of ties back to something we talked about this morning. Here's Ephesians 5 and verse 5. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. You can't go to heaven and carry these sins with you. If you have them in your life, you're going to have to find forgiveness through the cross so that you can be prepared to enter the inheritance. And here's number 6. Our inheritance ought to motivate you to never give up. I know that's similar to the last one, but it's different. Because you're you're a human being and mortals have struggles. And some of you right now are going through awful struggles. Some of you listening online right now are going through the most difficult struggles of your life. Now I know that. This reality of inheritance helps you hold on. Matthew 19:29. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Hold on. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We've got an inheritance coming to us. Here's the last one. Here's number seven. You'll be getting a taste, or you're getting a taste right now, I should say, of the inheritance by being a member of the church. I love this concept. Now, I'm confident that you love the church as much as I do. When I say church, I have no reference to this building. I have reference to the people. That's the church. And when you are part of that body, when you're part of the family of God, the church you have a foretaste of heaven. I would suggest that in a smaller way, essentially the kinds of things that we do in the church are what we're going to be doing in heaven. Just run that down in your mind. Make a comparison. What do you do in the church? And and I know that not all of it's true because you won't be giving benevolence in heaven. Who would need it? But you're going to be praising God Singing was great tonight, great today. It was just wonderful. You're going to be singing in heaven. And you're going to be singing with these people in heaven. You're going to be praising God. You love to praise God? I tell you what, in my life, I long to come together to worship God. I look forward to worshiping God. I need it. I need to do this. I need to worship God. When we go to glory, we're going to worship God. We're going to live with him for forever and ever. Here's Hebrews 6, verse 4. For it's impossible for those who were once enlightened, that is, they became Christians, learned the gospel, became Christians, have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, seeing they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put Him to an open shame. Now just get this. He's talking about people in the church. They've tasted the heavenly gift. That's salvation. They know what salvation is. They got it. And they become partakers of the Holy Spirit. They've tasted the Word of God, the powers of the age to come. The point is that if you're in the church right now, you're already giving, getting a flavor, a taste of what heaven's going to be like. I love that thought. So this most important thing is going to heaven. Most important thing, whatever else you do, you make sure you go to heaven. There is no excuse for a person to lose his soul and go to hell from the West Huntsville Church of Christ. There's no excuse for that. And here we are together, and what a wonderful thing to be part of the family of God. And here's what I came to say tonight, is that in the church of our Lord, you have an inheritance coming to you. You didn't earn it. It's because you're in the family. When you obey the gospel of Jesus Christ by repenting of your sins and confessing Jesus and being baptized... The Bible teaches that you were added to the church, Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, and that He forgave you of your sins. And if you walk in the light, verse John 1, 7, as He is in the light, you have fellowship one with another. In the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son cleanses us from all sin, and we live saved. So that Romans 8 and verse 1 says, there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. How do you like that? No condemnation. There's no hell prepared for faithful Christians. The word, what's the word that you would put to that? And the answer is, that's your inheritance. That's your inheritance. And you're an heir. (laughs) I really want to go to heaven. If you want to obey the gospel tonight, we'd be so happy to assist you. Make things right. If you need to be restored tonight, now would be such a great time. And we'll be happy to pray with you and then hug you. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's word brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.